Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Escaping Debt Podcast. My name is David Moffat, and I'm your host, as always. We're doing things a little differently uh, today. We're recording all of our podcasts, which uh, we'll put them up on our YouTube channel. So today, what we're going to be talking about is the different types of budgeting systems that you can try. Uh, you know, we always say that there's no one-size-fits-all solution for anything, uh, and that certainly uh, also applies to budgeting systems. Now, before we get there, remember that we believe that no consumer should have to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes, and we believe it is simply not possible for someone to represent both the consumers and the creditors at the same time in an unbiased fashion, and that's why at Four Pillars, we work for you, not your creditors. So, you know, you think about all these systems that that exist out there, and you know, most people, I would argue, uh, either use an Excel spreadsheet or they pull out a pen and paper uh, to go through uh, their budget and to figure out how and where they need to spend their money. Now, a lot of people really beat their head against a wall when it comes to designing a budget because it just simply doesn't work no matter how hard they try. So I'm not going to go into a super big detail here. We've actually done another podcast on how to properly establish a budget, and I will um, either link that in the show notes or in the description below. But essentially, there's three um, main steps, okay, uh, and a fourth addition that will really skyrocket and really help you um, save money. So the first step is to go through the last 12 months of your bank statements. Not three, not six, not nine, 12, okay? Um, after that, what you need to do is you need to uh, essentially using those last 12 months of your expenses, you now know how much you spend on a monthly basis. You're going to want to figure out um, where you want to spend your money. So you're going to be making what's known as a spending plan, okay? The spending plan isn't designed on how much you've spent in the past, although there's a big component of that. It's designed based upon how much you want to spend in the future, understanding how much you've spent on the past, all right? And the third step is to track your spending on as fast of a basis as possible, but not to exceed on a weekly basis, meaning that if you can track your spending every day, that's great. If you can do it every two days, that's great. If you can do it every two weeks, or rather every week, that's great. If you do it any um, less frequent than every week, then it's not good uh, in our book, okay? <laughs> so the thing is, is that a spending plan is a very vague topic, and, and I leave it vague intentionally. And, and the reason why we leave it vague is because of the fact that everybody um, is more or less comfortable with various forms of technology and, and interprets things a lot differently. Many people are perfectly okay with a pen and a paper, but other people uh, would simply throw it out, right? Um, so like myself, if I were to put it up on a envelope, which I see a lot of clients do, <laughs> uh, I would probably throw away that envelope before the month's over. Many people like to use Excel, but then there's a whole bunch of people out there that aren't comfortable with Excel. Uh, a lot of people like phone apps, but then again, you know, a phone app is is only as good as the information you put into it. Honestly, that's true for a lot of them, but phone apps, for whatever reason, seem to get forgotten more. So what are some systems that you can try? So I'm just going to go down the list. I'm going to list some pros and some cons. It doesn't mean that any of these are intrinsically bad or that they're the best thing ever. What's important is that you find a system that you can stick to. Even if a system seems better, um, it doesn't necessarily mean it is, and I'll kind of show you uh, an example of that a little later. So system number one is to use the cash envelope system, okay? So this isn't really where you write down anything at all, kind of. <laughs> Instead of writing um, your expenses down on a piece of paper, you're going to then take the cash for the amount of money you want to spend, and you're going to put it in from the, into an envelope, and you're going to carry 
the cash with you for the purpose that you actually need to spend the money on. So for example, if you do not intend to go to the restaurant that day and you have a restaurant budget envelope, you do not want to carry your restaurant envelope with you. It's as simple as that. Um, This way is actually uh, pretty good because not only can you have the cash on you for what you need, but you can also take the receipt after you spend and put it in the envelope and you've just tracked your spending. When your money's gone, your money's gone. Um, So it actually works out very, very well for a lot of people. In fact, there's been a lot of studies that have shown that spending money um, via cash will actually help you save, uh, I've heard, anywhere from uh, about 30 to 50% of your spending um, compared to what you would otherwise spend using a card. So not only is it a great way to keep track of your spending and to budget your money, but it's also a great way to save money as well. The con of it is that, well, a lot of money these days is not spent in cash. Um, And so if you... uh, (laughs) can't spend your money cash. Like a lot of people can't pay rent cash, for example. Um, It'll become a little bit more challenging. The second um, con for it is that if you have the cash and your debit card, you're sometimes, uh, uh, well, you can sometimes, you know, just put the cash envelopes aside for a second. I'm just going to go spend on debit, right? Uh, And so it defeats the purpose of doing this again. The third con with the cash envelope system is that you can inadvertently steal from yourself. Now, this is true with other methods, but more so with this one because it's very easy to take cash from one envelope and put it in the other envelope, right? You don't even have to worry about if the budget balances because all you're dealing with is envelopes at this point in time. Now, cool part about the cash money envelope system is that you can combine it with other budgeting systems, so it's kind of a hybrid in that way. Second one is just a traditional old pen and paper. It's great because it's very easy Uh, it's one more sensory um, uh, method that you have to use. You have to physically touch the pen to the page or the pencil to the page and write it down. Uh, And uh, it's typically very, very portable. The problem with this system is that it doesn't combine uh, a method of tracking, uh, at least uh, kind of like the envelope where you're just putting it in, right? You have to physically write it down, which if you're using a budget on a, you know, a special, you know, Pinterest or Instagram <laughs> budgeting page uh, might be a little bit more complicating um, to carry it around, right? Um, but it works out great. It's easy. Uh, people usually always have access to a pen and a paper. Uh, and so a lot of times, actually, this is the foundation of using other systems, okay? Um, and I know that sounds silly, but it's true. The next system that you can try is Excel. Um, you know, everybody knows Excel. It's a computer program. And it's a very good system. It's a spreadsheet system where you can design and track your own spend, uh, expenses. The pro, the overwhelming pro, okay, is that this can be 100% automated and designed for your situation. The con is that it takes a technical ability in order to set this up. It's not something that um, anyone can just go in and plug information into. Uh, it seems like that for people that know how to use Excel, but it's actually a very complicated computer system to use. Um, so, uh, it works great, customized to you. You can make graphs and charts and you can do everything that you can do with everything else that we're going to talk about, but you have to know how to set it up. The other problem with it is that it physically involves many steps to access it. You have to, and I know this is going to sound silly, okay, but these are all, these are all little mental blocks that we have to achieve things. You have to open up your computer. You, you have to turn on the computer. You have to log into the computer. You have to find the Excel spreadsheet. You have to update the Excel spreadsheet. If you don't have your computer on you that day, you can't track expenses. It's a manual process of tracking. Um, So you have to remember to keep your receipts um, and then uh, implement them uh, and record them on your Excel spreadsheet after the fact, right? So uh, the pro is it can be completely customized and really kind of be the method of, uh, of, of budgeting your debt, 
uh, you're, you're, you're budgeting your, your life. Man, I can't speak English today. Um, but it can also be very, very complicating to the point where it's too complicating, right? Next one we're going to talk about is phone apps. So, um, you know, you just download a budgeting app on your phone. Some of these are really good because some of these can connect to your bank accounts and make it very easy to track your spending. Some of them can scan receipts and all this type of stuff. The, the pro of these is that it's easy. It's accessible almost always. Um, and it visualizes the data very, very well. Uh, the con behind these is that because they're so easy to use, you almost become disconnected from the numbers, right? So very much just like looking at your bank account, uh, it doesn't really do much for you, although we recommend it for other reasons. Um, uh, having a phone app is going to do the same things. And if you forget to input your information, and this is true for all of these ones, um, your information gets a little bit skewed, Okay. So, for example, if you're having your budgeting app track your $1,000 you have to spend and you forget to record $400, well, the budgeting app is going to tell you that you have all this money left over, um, which isn't going to work out very well. Um, a con of these things is that you're, you're really trusting security um, to a third party because a lot, a lot of these are built um, in the cloud, and so you just have to be cautious of that. The last one is going to be software. Um, it's known as software as a service, and some of these are phone apps as well, just to be very clear, okay? So the first example of this um, would be a mint.com, for example, or a you need a budget. Um, both of these are phenomenal pieces of software that come with a whole host of education on how to budget and properly manage your money. But I mentioned at the beginning that sometimes it is so complex that it, it actually becomes too complicating, right? And this is actually true for Excel as well, is that there's so many features that you can use that it actually is a chore and a challenge just to set this thing up, okay? But the cool part about these is you connect your bank accounts right to them, it pulls the money, you budget the money, it tells you where your money's going, where it's coming from, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it automatically does all this stuff for you. Um, Mint is free, um, but they try to sell you credit cards and sell your data and all that type of stuff as far as I understand. And um, you need a budget as a subscription service um, that has a very uh, interesting and unique way of budgeting. So this is something to note as well, is that the way that you budget your money may not fit with some of these phone apps or these softwares, okay? So for example, you need a budget is based upon a zero-based, uh, zero-sum budgeting system, which essentially is where you give every dollar a job meaning that um, you budget every single penny of money that you have, and at the end of it, you want your budget to be at zero, okay? Um, so a lot of people aren't used to that style of budgeting. It's a fantastic method, don't get me wrong, but the thing is that some people aren't going to click with it. So here's what I recommend, okay? You try one. I recommend you try the least invasive option that you have available to you today. That might be the cash envelope system. That might be pen and paper. That might be Excel. That might be a phone app. That might be a mint.com or some other software to be able to help you with your budgeting, okay? Um, and stick with it. Try it, okay? Now, don't continue beating your head against a wall if something's not working, okay? There's a difference between your budget not working financially in the sense that, oh, you know, I accidentally overspent, for example, okay? And the budget just not functioning. You know, you're not, you're not, staying consistent with tracking, you're not staying consistent with writing the budget and making the budget, that type of stuff. If it's the, the second where you're, you're not staying consistent making the budget, tracking, you're spending all that type of stuff, that's when I recommend you go and try another method of budgeting. Switch it up. Give yourself at least 60 days for each method, okay? That will let you know what uh, method works best for you. 
please don't discount any of these methods before you try them. Um, what I found, again, is that what works for one person will not work for the other and vice versa. So, everybody, I hope that helps. Thank you very much for listening to the Escaping Debt podcast. Remember, we believe that no consumer should have to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes, and we believe that it is simply not possible for someone to represent both the creditors and the consumer at the same time in an unbiased fashion. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Have a great day.